Welcome to Passion Life Church. Good morning. Why don't we give the Lord a big old clap? Come on. How many of you grateful today for the goodness of God? Man, some of you didn't even think you're going to make it here this year, and you're here. You know, so many things have happened the last uh, 16 months here. Hey, I want to give the worship band, Jeff and the whole team, why don't we give them a big old clap? Man, appreciate them. Uh, my friend, Pastor Phil, just had a procedure a couple of days ago, and they told him to rest. And I said, man, stay home. I go, I'm in town. Let me come in and fill in. And so him and his beautiful wife, Val, and Gavin, the little wonder, he's like our little miracle worker over there, they, uh, they let me the privilege of coming today. So uh, if you think about Pastor Phil, he's recovering and doing good and wants to definitely be here. Uh, but I said, man, stay home and recover today. That's what the doctor's orders, but he's doing good. He's on, his, he's on the amen. I do want to have my best friend, Ben, stand up today. Ben, I've known for, we're trying to figure it out, I think 14 years in Spanish, how do I say that? I can only go to 12. 12. 14, like I said, yeah. My Spanish is limited. Huero pelón, piquito espanol. For those who don't know, that means bald white boy, little Spanish. Um, man, it's a privilege to be here. I'm going to use the Bible today because that's what I use. Tony Robbins asked me a lot of time. He asked me, he goes, what do you use to get the results you get? I go, I use the Bible. I was able to speak two days ago, me and a guy by the name of Les Brown, one of the greatest speakers on the planet. We had 28,000 people live online. And man, let me tell you something. It's easy to go just people want to do things in pop psychology, success stories, talk about the wisdom of the world. But I don't want the wisdom from the world. I want the wisdom from God. The word of God is big enough to change your life. How many know that's true? How many know the word of God can push your life into miracles, to freedom, can change the way you think, the way you feel. The word of God can help you financially, emotionally, relationally. And plus, let me tell you something. I don't just want to succeed for a minute. Man, we're going to live forever in eternal life. And I want to have a real relationship with God. The only way to know God is through his word. So if you have your Bible, some people carry it on their phone these days. If you don't, don't worry about it. But if you have your Bible, you can turn to Romans chapter 8. It's on the right-hand side. And uh, verses 5 through 8. Pastor Phil said he's been talking about the spirit-led life. How many have been enjoying this series so far, the spirit-led life? I actually tuned in, uh, I think, two weeks ago, and I was paying attention. I was taking notes right from my bed. I'd been traveling, so I got home from out of the country, and I started taking notes. Man, I, I love our pastor and what he says. But we're going to carry on, and uh, you're going to be gracious to me because I was just putting this together this morning in the car on the way here. Well, Ben drove me the spirit-led life, but I think it's going to be really, really powerful. I want to start with a story. There's a guy by the name of Edmund Hillary, 1953. He wanted to be the first guy to ever climb Mount Everest. He tried many, many times unsuccessfully. He came down from the mountain. He was a little bit bothered because he'd been defeated. He had had an ambition. He had drive. He had desire, but it was coming unfulfilled. You ever been there? Okay, you have a dream. You have a goal. It didn't work out. He came down. And he got really, really bothered, and he had a partner that climbed with him named Tanzing. He said, Tanzing, stay here. I'm going to talk to the mountain. He goes, you're going to talk to a mountain? He goes, yes, just let me just be. So he said, Everest, Mount Everest, I got a message for you. He said, Here's the deal. Today you beat me. Today you've conquered me. But I will be back. Come on, somebody. Watch. 
And he says, here's the deal. You can't get any bigger, but I can and I will. Come on, someone's going to get this. See, come on, I want you to tune in for a minute. Give me 20 minutes of your life. Just don't sit back today. Let's just dial in and watch. I can and I will. He made one small shift in the way that he breathed and the way that he climbed, and it changed what he was able to do. And he was able to go where nobody else had gone before. It doesn't take a lot of ideas to change our life, but a God idea today that you're willing to adopt and act on. Come on. I want you to be leaning in tonight, today, and listening for a minute. What is the thing that God's trying to communicate to me that I can adopt and act Act on, and it can change the trajectory of my life. Come on. Because God desires that your life get brighter and brighter and brighter. That your life goes from glory to glory. Slap the person next to you and say, he's talking about you. Come on, he's talking about you. Come on, that was a little bit, just a little bit of energy right there. Okay? Your life's to get better and better. So Pastor Phil's been teaching about to do that, we got to live a spirit-led life or a Jesus-style life. I like to say to see what Jesus saw, you got to walk like Jesus walked. He walked with a mind that was in agreement with his father. If you're to live a spirit-led, a spirit-filled life, we got to be able to renew our minds to where we learn to think the thoughts of God. If God's ever to change the world, he's got to change it through changing the way we see ourselves, think about ourselves, think about what we have, what we can do, what we can be, what we can give. Come on. That's why the Bible says don't be conformed to the pattern of the times you're in. That means don't let Dr. Fauci talk you out of Jehovah Rapha. Oh, that was a little bit, a little, 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 little bent right there. Come on, why? Why would you let a guy that's not even treated a patient for 40 years talk you out of a God that says I'm still your healer? Why would you let a politician, it doesn't matter what side you are, talk you out of the God who's your good shepherd? Come on. And he will lead you. He will guide you. Come on. Why are we going to let people that are economists talk us out of a God? He says, I'll be your provider. It doesn't matter what season. If you renew your mind to think like I think. You and I can walk together. Wouldn't it be awesome to tell your kids, your grandkids, man, I walked with God. Man, I walked with God. The Bible is a story about people walking with God. They were in step with God. They started out weak, but they became strong because they got God's word and his thoughts on the inside of them. Your life's not going to end the way it started. Come on, when you came out of your mama's womb, you came out with a shout. If you didn't, that doctor spanked your booty to make sure you could scream and cry. But most people's shout got reduced to a whisper. Hey, how you doing? I'm okay. How's life? Oh, I'm fine. Come on. That four-letter F word messes you up all the time. How's your life? I'm fine. It doesn't hurt nothing bad enough to do something about it, and it's not great to do nothing to celebrate it. The enemy loves it when you're tame and domesticated and you settle for, oh, I'm just fine. That's not the way God created any of us to live. Come on, you were born an original. You ain't going to die a copy, as my friend John Mason said. You were put on this planet to do something wonderful. Nobody, you're not an incident. You're not an accident. The fact that you made it here today is evidence God needs something you got. That don't matter if you messed up last night. You messed up on the way to church this morning. God's thinking great thoughts about you. He wants to get you into his spirit because where there is, there's life. There's joy. Come on, somebody. I'll take joy and peace over millions of dollars. I know a lot of people that got a lot to live on but little to live for. 
I've been in Suge Knight's house preaching. I've stood with people that make billions, not millions, billions. I coach companies that make billions of dollars. Bill, the B, 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 the billions. Let me tell you something. So many of those people, their life's about riches, what they can acquire. God didn't put you on this planet to be known for what you can get, but for what you can give. Doesn't matter how long you live, but how well your life, not your duration, but your donation, because this isn't the only place you're going to live. Come on, what you do here will echo the Bible, what they say in the gladiator. It will echo in eternity. You ever wonder why you needed an eternal life? You ever thought about that? Like, why do I need an eternal life? Why do I need that? Because it will take, pay attention to me, it will take an eternity for God to get out of you everything he put on the inside of you. Stop treating yourself common, regular, ordinary, a victim of COVID, a victim of what's going on in the world. You are packing and housing the power, the promise, the presence of God. God didn't want David, come on. He didn't want Mary right now. He didn't want Moses right now. He didn't want Elijah right now. He didn't want Abraham and Sarah right now. He wanted you. He wanted you right now. You're his story. This is the back story. You are his current story. Woo! You're his, look, God, you're his appeal. You're his billboard. billboard. God is making his appeal through us. We can't live normal in these unnormal times. We can't allow the media, TikTok, to seduce us and just tell us into being common and normal and regular and don't rock the boat. At some point, we're going to have to find, as just Martin Luther King said, in the moment of crisis, you find how every man or woman will stand. We have a lot of people ain't standing for everything, but they're falling for everything. They're afraid. Well, what happens if I'm bold? The righteous are bold like lions. The people that know their God, they can stand strong. They can stand firm. Come on, Daniel eleven thirty two, And they can do great exploits. Man, can you imagine what God's got planned for you? It don't matter if you say you're 80. Come on. Samuel Jackson at 49 didn't get his first break until he was 49, where he became an amazing actor. He was serving, and he was studying under Morgan Freeman for many, many years. You don't know when God might shift gears, shift a moment, open a door, open an opportunity, shut the door on the devil because you were faithful. Watch. And open a door that your greatest part of your life begins. At 85, come on, Caleb in the Bible said, God, I want my mountain. Is there anybody in here still got a passion that says, I'm more than what I'm living. I know what deserves me. I want my mountain. I want to do something big. I want to write something. I want to dream something. I want to build something. I want to create something. I want to heal something. I want to fix something. I want to raise some powerful kids. I want to be a great teacher, an educator. I want to do something big. As a kid, when we would take you to Wendy's, you didn't like little size it. You biggie sized it. You Mickey-sized it. Come on. You weren't like, oh, I want a little. Come on. When we would go to 7-Eleven and we were po. come on. Lower income, not lower class. I think I've said this before. We didn't have Adidas. We had Adidos. We didn't have three stripes. We had four. In other words, we were lower income. Come on. But when you finally got to 7-Eleven, man, you had a chance to get a Slurpee. You weren't getting the little 12-ounce. Come on. You were getting the 64-ounce so you could have an IV of sugar in you, and you could be bouncing off the freaking walls. Come on. For the next 10 hours. Back then, that was good parenting. Today, that's child abuse. 
if we're going to walk with God and walk in the Spirit, we're going to have to change the way that we think. Come on. All change begins with your mind. Unsuccessful people, they think in terms of survival. I'm a survivor. I'm a survivor. If you've noticed the last 14 months, 15 months, we got caught in something we didn't plan. Most people went into contraction and survival mode, not into creation mode. A company that I helped coach, they decided to go into creation mode. We won $400 million of a market share. But most people went into survival mode. What do you mean? I'm going to try to make it. I'm going to try to make it. Do you really think Jehovah Elyon, the God above every God, he could have memorialized his name in any body that he wanted to in any place? He chose your body and your heart. He thinks you want you just to be able to survive. No, isn't the problems what they do is they introduce us to who we really are? Isn't what problems that kind of make us because we become more creative, resilient, more powerful? And if you know God and you run to him, do you know that he strengthens you so you can be the head in down times and above in down times and not beneath? Am I still anybody with me in this thing? Okay. Average people think of maintaining. Successful people think of growth. They think of, I'm going to go further. You could have a passive mind. You could have a pitiful mind. And let me say this. Every single day, I don't know if you're, I'm the only one, but it feels like the devil offers me an invitation to go to a pity party every day. Anybody else have that experience? Oh, my gosh, Rex, this is not the best for you. You should feel really bad about this. You should just indulge in self-pity. You should milk it. Come on. You should nurse it, curse it, and rehearse it. You should nurse it, curse it, and rehearse it. But I found something in God. You can't be pitiful and powerful. You got to choose what you're going to be. Come on. And to think that way and to walk in the spirit, I got to get some God power thoughts so I don't just have a passive mind and let the enemy dump inside of my brain anything that he wants to. Come on. My my brain, my chest, and my heart is not to be the dumping place of his unclean, his wicked, his fearful, his tormenting, his sick thoughts. He needs somebody to agree with him just like God needs somebody to agree with. Whatever you agree, you empower. Woo, this is good. Come on. That means if you've been empowering the evil, you can change your mind. Sell this person next to you say, I can change my mind. Someone say, I need to change my mind. You say, you say like you got energy, but that's all right. So I'm going to give you three thoughts that are going to help you walk in the spirit this week. Number one, nothing is impossible. You need to write that down and say it over yourself. If you said that to yourself all day long, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. These are the words of Jesus, okay? If I want the Jesus spirit-led life, I got to get Jesus' thoughts. He said nothing is impossible with God, but yet so much impossibility dwells in our vocabulary. Watch, we walk around the mentality, I hope I'm going to get enough. I hope, I, I hope it just works out. I hope it works out. What if you got inside you, nothing is impossible with God. You got that inside of your mind. You got that inside of your spirit. It would change what you reach for. My friend Diana Nodge, she swam from Cuba to Florida 54 hours straight at 70 years old without taking, getting out of the, get out of the water. They didn't put a cage around her. She swam more day and night. She said it's not capable as what your, uh, what your ability is. It's what you think. Your capability is constant. How much of it used depends on the way you think. At 71, we asked her to think. I was doing a thing with her and Magic Johnson. 
And we said, so what are you going to do this year? She goes, I challenge myself every year for an impossible goal. What was the goal this year? To do 1,000 burpees at 71 without stopping. Pull down, push up, jump back up. Come on, jump back up. 1,000 times burpees. She goes, I did it twice this week. Come on, that's good right there, huh? Some of you are like, man, I didn't even do three last week. Come on, somebody. She's 71 rocking that thing. But something happens when you get nothing's impossible with God inside you. He came to Mary. Mary, we want you out of cheerleading practice at, come on, at, at, the, at Nazareth High School. We want you to carry the Messiah. Interrupted her plan. She goes, how can this be? The Holy Spirit's going to come on you. I don't know how it could happen. Nothing is impossible with God. See, God's trying to talk you into things that the world's trying to talk you out of. Don't let the, watch your head, reject what your spirit demands. God said you could still rise up. You could still do something big. You could still heal something. You could still create a business. You could still buy a home. Little boy a couple weeks ago, I'm in Modesto, California. He's been blind since birth in one eye, five years old. I got done. He walks up with a little energy and swagger. And I go, you just look cool, dude. And he goes, I pretty much am. Come on, five-year-olds, come on. Nobody told them not to be. It's the way you used to be. You had, like, energy, swagger. Okay, and he goes, he goes I need you to help me. I go, how am I going to help you? He goes, I can't see out of my eye. I've never been able to see. I can read out of that one and see out of that one. He goes, I need help. I go, Jesus could hook you up. Nothing's impossible. He goes, I believe it. I gave him 20 bucks. And I go, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to pray for you. It's going to be like Spider-Man. I'm going to shoot, but I'm not going to shoot a web. I'm going to pray, and Jesus' presence is going to go into your life. He goes, cool, let's do it. So I sat there. I have to put it up on Instagram. I usually don't put those things up because of the business people I talk to. But I did in this situation. I said, Lord, thank you that nothing's impossible with you. And I call this healing possible. We command his eye to open in Jesus' name. Nothing changed there immediately. He went home, though, and I went to eat with the pastors. We're eating dinner. All of a sudden, they send a video. They covered his good eye, and he starts reading off of the refrigerator. This was Saturday night. Monday, they took him in the doctors. Everything comes back. His blind eye is now partially healed, completely healed. So he goes to kindergarten. Little boy goes to kindergarten with swag. He gets up and goes, I got a thing to tell everybody. He said, I went, and nothing's impossible with God. I asked the man that I was at my church, the bald man, if he would pray for me, and Jesus made my blind eye see. I can see. Everybody watch me. He covered his head. That's my, usually my good eye. I'm covering it. And he read in front of everybody. Jesus can make it possible. A little five-year-old. Come on, somebody. I don't know what you need to think today is possible, but if all, you know, all of a sudden you start saying, nothing is impossible, my kids are going to be saved. Nothing is impossible. That's what my mama did when I was living like a hellion. My mama used to agree every night. She said, me and my household will be saved. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. You can start a business and thrive in a downtime. I gave a word to a man in a church not far from here a year and a half ago, and I said in the next nine months, you're going to do a seven-figure deal. It'll change your life. He did a $3.1 million deal. He had nothing going but an idea, but you had one word from God. One word from God brings possibility. The word is a light to your feet. It's a lamp. The word can produce a sight, a vision in sight. Anybody believe this kind of thing? Imagine if you just walked around all day. Nothing's impossible with God. Nothing's impossible with God. You wouldn't be walking around like, well, nothing's impossible with the Lord. 
Nothing's impossible. You know Rudy, he's a little screwed up, but nothing's impossible. You want to be doing that? You get nothing's impossible inside you? Come on, your shoulders are back. Nothing's impossible with God. God's got this thing. I love impossible situations because they're opportunities for him. Jesus said this. He said, no, 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 no. He said, don't worry about how the certain problem happened for the one blind guy in John 9. He says the works of God are going to be revealed out of it. It takes the guise of God to see an opportunity where there's challenge. Not to say more of the same. Jesus called what was not as though it was. He saw potential and problem. Imagine if you got miracles back inside your mentality rather than let, come on, CNN and Fox seduce you into all their, come on, madness and stupidity and mundane. If you stop letting, come on, Instagram feed you and you got possibility back in you because God was breathing oxygen into your spirit. How different are you when you show up at work, when you show up at home? No, this is possible. We're going to create something. Nothing is impossible with God. My wife, when she died on an operating table, I know what that's like. I was there. Died. Not like had a, like a bad splinter in her finger, had a broke her ankle. She freaking died, my wife. I also know what it's like to sit there. Nothing's impossible with God, and she was shoved back inside of her body. Nothing. I don't care how look dead something looks. You serve a God that's the resurrection and the life. There's things that look dead in your life. But until you start to come alive and say, nothing's impossible with God. I command life here. Some of us, we need to start speaking some life into things. Rather than just sitting there and call them the way they are, let's call them the way they can be. The Bible says, let the weak say that I am strong. It is time. At some point, you got to get a little aggressive and say, nothing's impossible. I speak in life to this situation. Well, I just want the Lord to do it for me. No, no, no. Why are you trying to talk him into what he, to do for you what he wants to do with you? Two-thirds of his name is go. The other two-thirds is do. That's deep. That means you got to act. God won't bless what you won't do. If you got a poor hand, you go stay poor. The hand of the diligent makes rich. You want a rich relationship? Put your hands in the soil. Let love begin with you. You want to be rich towards the things of God? Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Come on. You want to know how to pray? Start praying. What you watch, what you work? So you got to work it. You got to work it. Come on, somebody. Little Missy Elliott wisdom. I won't say the rest of that song. Because you all know where that was going. But when you start getting nothing's impossible, you want to pray. You want life to change? Get a spirit of prayer back inside you. Elijah was a man with us, struggled with depression. But yet he prayed, heaven gave rain, and the land became productive again. You want to see things shift in your life? you got to begin to pray. I pray a spirit of revival hits your own personal life. A revival is a term they used to use way back in the day with our mama and dada and grandpa and grandma, come on, and mima and papa. But when you start to pray, you don't got to do it all perfect, but when you start to pray, he's able to do more than you ask or imagine. My mama was praying for me to get saved. She had no idea that a door would open up to be able to influence over 30 million people on the planet. She was praying just for a little. God's able to do. God's able to do. You put a, Don't put no limit on him. Come on. Pray some big prayers like Jabez. God bless me. You ought to be praying this over your kids. Enlarge my territory. Increase my peace. Increase my joy. Increase my wisdom. Increase your presence. Increase your favor on me. 
Increase enjoyment of life. Teach me how to enjoy my home. Teach me how to enjoy. You, we're always praying for new things because we don't enjoy the things that we currently got. Ask God to give you some new eyes to enjoy what you got. Man, some of you are living in what you prayed for. Don't zoom past it. Come on, gulp it. God, teach me how to enjoy my wife. Teach me how to enjoy my child. Teach me how to enjoy my work. Even if i got a funky boss, teach me how to enjoy. God, you came that I might have an enjoyable life. It's in the spirit. Joy. Nothing's impossible, but watch. i go a little quickly here. It is, watch, God loves me and my sins are forgiven. What do you say? If you start to think about it every day, God loves me. This is something I say around my house all the time. You hear me say it every single day of my life. God loves me. God's love's healing me. God's love's renewing me. God's love is strengthening me. God's love's giving me answers. God's love's helping me the way I deal with these people. God's love's fixing my weaknesses and turning them into strength. God's love is changing me. Because the enemy works so hard to get you focused on something's wrong with you. How many have ever had the thought, something's wrong with you? Man, maybe I didn't get that. Maybe that's not why I'm married. Maybe that's not why I got the house. Maybe that's not why. Maybe the enemy tries to convince you something's wrong with you, that you're a mess and that you're not forgiven because he can steal your confidence if he can get you into condemnation. Look, you didn't pray enough. You didn't give enough. You didn't really worship. You didn't really do that because he wants to eat away at your confidence to make you insecure in God's presence. But it's God's love. He wants you to become rooted in it, grounded in it. Start saying it over your life. Because if it does, it drives out the fear. I don't know about you. We all have fear. What's fear doing to you? What are you allowing fear to do? Is it paralyzing you? Is it polarizing you? Keeping you away from people? Is it sterilizing your soul? Like Jesus said, at the end, people's hearts will grow cold through fear. And they'll isolate themselves. Don't let that be your story. Come on, Passion Life Church. Don't let that be your story. Don't let fear get inside you. Keep it up. All the water in the world can't sink a boat unless it gets in the flipping boat. Don't let fear get inside you. It's not an emotion. It's a spirit sent from hell to bring death to your life. At some point, you go, God doesn't give me a spirit of fear. I got a spirit of love. I got a spirit of love. I'm going to love people. I'm going to aggressively love people. You can't love other people only to the degree you love yourself. So if you're always judgmental towards yourself, critical against yourself, come on. Seeing all the wrong, seeing all your faults, flaws, and failures, calling yourself common when God calls you blessed and righteous, how useful are you going to be? Watch you internalize everything that's wrong with you, and you get more wrong. But when you start focusing on God's love's fixing things, God's love's changing things. David said, I thought on your love, Psalm 48, all day long, and it was your love and gentleness that made my life great. There's a minister in Oregon. He went in. He was a young guy in his 20s, and he went into a a mental hospital. 100 most high-end, mentally challenged people that were, you know, really out of their minds. They were hardly clad. There was feces on the floor. Really bad situation. He could not reason with them, counsel them, anything. He didn't know what to do, so he had an idea that he felt the Holy Spirit put in his heart. Sit in the middle of the whole entire room and just start singing, Jesus loves me. For 30 minutes every single day for a couple months. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Come on. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. 
Oh, yes, Jesus loves me. Are you receiving it or rejecting it? Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Come on, sing that. Just put your hand on your heart. Yes, Jesus loves me. Receive it for a minute. Oh, yes, Jesus loves me. Oh, yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible, come on, tells me. Some of you, you just felt that. You feel that? It's interesting, after four months, all 100 of them completely walked out. They went up to the high unit to the lower unit. In 10 months, every one of them was completely discharged in their right mind. Not one counseling, not one prayer of deliverance. All they started doing was, yes, Jesus loves me. The devil says, yeah, but look at your finances. Oh, but yes, Jesus loves But look at your health. Yes, Jesus, my healer loves me. Oh, but look, you're struggling in your mind and your thoughts. Oh, yes, Jesus, my peace, he loves me. Oh, yes, Jesus loves When you shift your satellite dish to him, all things become possible. I'm not really a singer, but man, you start singing it, all of a sudden your heart starts contacting. Man, I wonder, man, just, the Bible says we've known 1 John 4, 16, and received the love. Of God, Are you receiving it or rejecting it? Come on. What are you going to do tomorrow? Are you going to receive it? When you get up in the morning, say, God loves on me. God's love's going to change you. God's love's fixing things. So here's your thoughts. Nothing's impossible with God. Someone say, nothing's impossible with God. Say like you got juice. Come on, say like you got energy, passion. We're almost done. Number two, God loves me. And do you know what he says? He went to the man that was paralyzed, Mark 2. His buddies came bringing him on a stretcher. They had to climb up on a roof, and they dug through the roof to get him in there. And Jesus first said to him, he said, your sins are forgiven you. Jesus didn't do that any other place when he did some of the healing. And my wife had the best insight on it, so I'm going to speak her revelation. Some of you women are powerful, let me tell you something. And she goes, he goes, why Jesus did that? Because his forgiveness, and he was so full of what he'd done wrong, that he could not get healed physically and things changed outwardly till he received the revelation inwardly that he was forgiven and loved. Your sins are forgiven. Immediately the Pharisees said, who are you to steal? Who are you to, who are you to say that your sins are forgiven? It's amazing. When God tells you you're forgiven, you get a religious spirit that wants to rise up, either through people or in your own mind, say, that's not really true. Come on. You're not really righteous. You're not really forgiven. You're not really this. You're not really that. Be careful that you don't get somebody else's STDs. Somebody's transmitted demons. Don't take on somebody's STDs. Somebody's transmitted demons because they want to diminish what the work of the cross has done in your life. If you are in Christ, you are loved, you are forgiven, you are redeemed. The Bible says you're perfected forever, that the blood of Jesus made you righteous. Some of you ought to get up in your house and say, I am righteous, my home will be blessed. I am righteous. My body will get healed. I am righteous. I will live in peace. I am righteous. I'm protected coming in. Blessed going out. I'm blessed everywhere. I got the blood of Jesus on my life. We don't need no carnal weapon. We don't need no pop psychology preachers up there with super skinny pants telling me something cool. I need to know about the blood of Jesus. 
I need to know about the name of Jesus. I need to know the word of God. And just like Jesus said, it is written. We're playing in fierce times if you ain't paying attention right now. There's trying to be a takeover from the dark side. But I got a plan for you. When it's dark, God says, my church will arise because the gates of hell will not prevail. You are the church. So no matter what's coming out you, it will not prevail if you don't. Give a Lord a clap and a shout. Come on. Give a Lord a clap and a shout. Hey. Just right here. God loves me. God loves me. God loves me. It's going to get infectious inside you again. You see, it's so simple. Yeah, it's so simple. It's so profound that people pass right by it. Tell me the deep stuff, brother. Yeah, you got so much saturation of study that you're stagnant. Mosquitoes are the biggest killer in the world, not COVID. They're bred in stagnant water. Water that's not stirred is murky, smelly, and toxic. Some of us, that's our relationships, because we ain't stirring it up. Our relationship with God, because we ain't stirring it up. Come on. Let me tell you something. Let me say, look, my mom wasn't the best cook, but when I went to Grandma's house, come on, you saw Grandma in her big old stir. She had, come on, she had energy to her. Anybody have a mama or a grandma like that? Well, she's making some food. Come on. My mama was putting, like, stuff in the microwave. Come on. Hungry man stuff because we was po. Come on, somebody. But when we got to grandma's house, mashed potatoes, she was stirring stuff up. Some of you ought to start stirring some stuff up. Some of you ought to just start going home. I'm going to start stirring up my gift. I'm going to stir up my joy. I'm going to stir up some love. I'm going to stir up some good work. Why did I come today? For a paycheck? Please. But I come here today so I could preach, praise God. Put me on the Christian television station. It's not my vibe. Why did I come here today? Genuinely, you want to know why? First of all, my friendship and my relationship with two wonderful people, three wonderful people. Gavin, I didn't mean to leave you out of that. Watch. And I pray for you about four or five days every single week. But I came here today because I knew there would be people that have an opportunity to stir up love and good work. It's a calling, not a career. It's a calling, not a career. It's a calling, not a career. Anywhere in churches, I never ask for money. I never ask for anything. Business, that's another sale. <laughs> because you get what you negotiate. You get that in all areas of your life. You get what you negotiate because your mind will make a heaven out of a hell or a hell out of heaven. You get what you negotiate. If you can negotiate and tolerate a bad life, you'll get it. If you can tolerate being sick, you'll have more of it. If you can tolerate being depressed, you'll get more of it this week. If you can tolerate having a long-distance relationship with God from a distance, you'll get it. But if you want to be close to God, something will shift. you get a little bit hungry, and on the African plain when I'm in Africa, that a lion merges from the grass because he's hungry, he becomes the king of the jungle. You want to take back dominion out of your house and kick out a spirit of defeat, get a little bit more hungry than you currently are. Say, I'm tired of being this way. I'm tired of praying like this. I'm tired of acting like that. I'm tired of talking silly, stupid talk. I'm going to talk about the works of God, not the works of CNN or Fox News or any other stupidity that's out there trying to suck me into their distraction. I got an assignment on my life. I got a calling on my life. I got a goal on my life. I got an anointing on my life. You are anointed. You got an anointing. No wonder the enemy's attacking you because you're anointed. You got something that can break his back. You realize that. 
You got smeared with oil. There's a reason why a duck doesn't, it swims and doesn't sink in the very thing it does. It has oil it secretes that allows it to swim and maneuver over everything else. If you and I went there, we would sink in the water. A, a duck can go across the lake because it's got oil. When you got oil, you can go over what other people sink. A spider doesn't get caught in the very web it spins because oil comes out of its legs. When you got the oil, the anointing of God on you, you can go where other people can't go. You're going to get out of what they get trapped in. You're going to get healed, whatever everybody else stays stuck in. You got an anointing. Somebody ought to get that inside you. Come on. You didn't earn it. You didn't work good enough for it. Jesus gave it to you. But watch, God, that comes with accountability. That comes with responsibility. That's why we've got to be a part of a local house. Goes planted. There's accountability. There's responsibility. Accountability. Responsibility with it. This isn't flipping. Come on. God gave it to you. He's going to ask you, what did you do with what I gave you? Bury it under excuses. That will be a sad day. What you do here, you will do more of or less of in eternity. I don't know about you. There's some powerful people right now. They're grandmothers, and they pray all the time. And we think some people that are on a stage, when they got a microphone, well, they must be a clergy. That must be a real high. God must think of them even more. No, no, when you get to heaven, there will be some grandmas that absolutely broke the devil off their family. You're going to find some businessmen, mechanics, that absolutely broke the devil. You're going to find some powerful people because they didn't sit on what God gave them. Final thought is this. Jesus said, if you want your life to become great, become a servant. Being a servant won't make you famous, but it will make you rich. 24 years, I know what it's like giving my life to people. I've sat on stages where everybody gets done Fortune 500, 100 company. Sat there 11,000 people in the Georgia Dome. Everyone leaves or tearing down the stage. My butt stayed right at the front. Sit there, and I'm not drawing attention to myself, but I know what Jesus said. If you want to become great, if you want to do what I do, you have to have an attitude that I'm going to be a servant. He who wants to be great must be a servant of all. You don't have to have the best of everything. You can make the best of everything. When you're a servant, you're the most resourceful, rich person in the room. Nothing around you controls what you do. It's not the most gifted. It's the heart. Come on, somebody, watch. You're serving. And look, I sat there. 2,000 people, I shook their hand, I cried, I prayed for them. Then the owner goes, what in the world do you do all that for? Oh, I don't, you brought me in just to speak and touch your people and empower your people. But God put me here so I can help people. A servant, I don't get paid for this. This is what I serve. I serve. See, you, the Bible says you, gotta, you have a, watch, you have a ministry to the church. That's why you don't dish People say, well, you don't got to go to church. You don't got to church to become a Christian, but you have a ministry. God saved you for service. And you got a mission to the world. This story. I saw one night I was speaking at, I was at an event. There's all these famous preachers, and I wasn't the famous one. I was about, probably the least famous. And I was watching all these people walk by this woman that was on the side. She looked like she'd kind of undone, like life was just depressing on her. She didn't look very well. And all these people were walking by, and they're like, praise God. They're using all like their, you know, it was like a, it was like a Christian TV kind of a crowd. They're hallelujah. They had rings on and stuff. Yeah, and they're just walking by. They're good people. They just are walking by her. I noticed this woman, because, man, when you're tapped into God, you care about what ha- what's happening to people. You could tell if your heart's open or closed by, do I care if people are prospering, doing better, getting better from my life? And I saw her, and I go, hey, are you okay? She goes, I'm in a rough spot. I said, let's just talk. 
I didn't even get her name. True story. We sat and talked for 20 minutes. She goes, thank you so much for just taking the time to invest in me. I said, my pleasure. We didn't exchange numbers. I don't even think I ever gave her my name. We just started talking about stuff. A week and a half later, she had no idea at that time. This is over 20-something years ago. I was a pastor at a church, and I was struggling financially. They couldn't pay me, but I felt to keep going. Watch this, how powerful this is. I was struggling to make rent, doing all that. But it was, my, it was a God idea, calling. And so I, I didn't say nothing about my own situation. I was just finding a way to serve. Watch how cool this is. Because when you give, it comes back. Watch this. I went to my driveway a couple days after meeting this woman, having that conversation. I went back in. I was thinking, how am I going to pay this? How am I going to pay that? In my driveway, when I drove up in my Nissan Altima, this is in the 1990s. I was all driving. I was all toe up. Come on, my little Altima. Sat a $96,000 convertible Jaguar, 54 miles on it, a $20,000 check, and she sent all this thing. She goes, you have no idea. I'm the heir of Carnation. I'm worth about 600 and something million dollars. The lady that I talked to had no idea. All I saw was a woman that was hurting. You never know that when you'll stop and don't judge the content by the package, and you say, I'm going to start serving people. I'm going to love people, not for what I can get, but what I can give. I'm going to have an eye. Jesus said, don't pass by. The priest passed by. The Levite passed by. But I'm going to have an eye to serve. How many know that you could step up this week? Come on. Three thoughts. Nothing's impossible, God. Someone say, nothing's impossible, God. Someone say, God loves me. Someone say, God loves me. Come on, say it like you got juice. Someone say, I'm forgiven. And someone say this, if I want to be great, I'm going to serve people. Man, you give people a wow experience, they want to come back. The Ritz-Carlton happened and it was born in a time of depression. When everybody else would turn off their lights at 3 o'clock, the Ritz-Carlton hired a piano player in Boston at that time. And they would come in there and they'd turn all the lights on and act like they were full when there was no one on. They'd turn their lights on. Everyone wanted to be where there was light and there was music. And they said, we're going to serve our people with an experience. Instead of just getting a Coke, they go, would you like a Coke in a can, a glass? Would you like it on ice and with a straw? They give you options. They bring it on a silver plate platter. They serve with a wow experience. No wonder they can charge a thousand dollars a night. When you improve the experience you get, people always want you around. How useful and valuable have you been? How more useful and valuable can we become? Come on. If we'll go low, if you'll humble yourself, watch Jesus and you'll be a servant. Jesus went about doing good. <sighs> let that be said of Rex's life. He didn't do everything perfect, but in the pr- let that be said of my life, God. I went about doing good. In 2021, I go about doing good. 2022, I'm going to go about doing good. Come on, somebody. In 2023, I'm going to do good and bringing help and healing. Jesus freed Peter's mother-in-law from a fever, and he rebuked it, and it left her life. And she got up and began to serve. Freely you've received, freely give. you got something that can help somebody else out. Come on. God's turned your mess into a message of some sort. Come on. Your trial into some triumph. But something's about to shift because God is making his appeal known through you. Go ahead and just stand up for a minute. I want you to stand up for a minute and just close your eyes and lift your hands. No matter where you are, how old you are, even if you're not used to lifting your hands, try it. You try other things, you might as well try that. Say, Lord, I thank you that you didn't quit on me. I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you're working in me. I thank you today that nothing's impossible with you. I invite your presence right now to touch me, to renew me, to bring healing to me.
Watch how close this is. Someone's going to be better in your lower back. Someone's esophagus when you swallow. Someone's being going to get healed today. Someone that you've been struggling in your thinking and you've been struggling with depressing thoughts, something wrong with me. Am I, am I off and mentally? No, God's bringing healing to your mind today. You can feel God's presence here. Really cool. Someone's jaw, like an infection in their jaw and in their teeth area. If you've been having pain, watch the presence of God will bring healing to you today. And just put your hand on your heart. Say, Jesus, I thank you. Your love is healing me today. Someone say, thank you, Jesus. Your love is healing me today. In the name of Jesus. Amen, amen. You can be seated just for a second. Come on, that was good stuff. Come on. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.